When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, man, Gray, so we're back at it. Do you know what day it is, by the way? I mean, it's Talking Preps Overtime Day. It's That it, is always a great day. I was going to say it's Wednesday. This week is uh, going by. And here in the studio tonight, uh, we've got a tremendous guest uh, to bring to all you guys here on the Talking Preps Overtime podcast. Uh, so, hey, without any further ado, I just want to go ahead and bring him brought out and start out and welcome uh, Transformation uh, Church Pastor Derwin Gray, also who has a new book, God, Do You Hear Me?, uh, sir, uh, welcome to the program. We appreciate you taking some time to come here today. Hey, thank, thank, thank y'all for having me, man. I, I uh, appreciate it. And uh, over the years, I've just come to to just love the football in the Carolinas and having a son that that played and is now in college. I'm I'm always uh, keeping up on stuff that's going on. So I'm excited to be with y'all. Definitely, Pastor. I mean, again, I'll reiterate, I mean, we're thankful that, you know, you're taking time out of your busy schedule, busy, busy schedule to come on uh, here to speak with us. You know, first, you know, we want to start traditionally how we do here on the podcast and just want you to share your background with the viewers and just kind of discuss, you know, your life and how it's taking you to the point you're at currently. Yeah, man. So uh, I, I grew up in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, my mom was 16 when she was seven, uh, when she was pregnant with me. My dad was 17. So both of them were were babies having a baby uh they both struggled with various issues and so my grandparents primarily raised me grew up in a a high risk environment of course back then i wouldn't have said that because that's just that's just the way it was and so grew up on welfare um lots of dysfunction lots of brokenness uh not to say life was miserable uh, but it was what it was at about age 13 uh, i told my grandmother i I said i don't want to be like this environment that i'm in and I knew for me, football was not only a sport I loved, but football could take me to college and get me out of where I was. And so I went to a high school called Converse Judson in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I still think to this day we got the most state championship appearances, um, the largest classification. Um, so at Judson, uh, man, we just we we won, but we never talked about winning. What we talked about were the things that allow you to win, not just on the field, but life. Like we talked about teamwork. We talked about sacrifice. We talked about selflessness. We talked about discipline. And so those were the things that we talked about. So not only did we win games, but we became better people. And I ended up getting a football scholarship to Brigham Young University. Uh, I played with Ty Detmer, who won the Heisman Trophy in 1991, played for another Hall of Fame coach, Lavelle Edwards. I went on there to uh, uh, be one of the greatest defensive backs to ever play there. Got drafted, 92nd pick in a 1993 draft by the Indianapolis Colts. Played for the Colts for five years. And my third year there, I was actually a special teams captain, contributed heavily in nickel and dime, and really, really played well. But at the end of that third year, um, it was kind of like life hit me. It was like, um, okay, I accomplished all my dreams. I got to do things I never thought I could do. 
but yet there was like this background noise of saying there's got to be more to life. There's got to be more because I couldn't forgive my dad who I felt like abandoned me. I couldn't love my wife the way she deserved to be loved because I was afraid of true intimacy. Intimacy means into me, you see. So I was afraid of that. And I knew that there were things that I needed forgiveness for. And the more I tried to do good things to make up for the bad things, the worse it got. Uh, but I had a teammate. His name was Steve Grant, but his nickname literally was the Naked Preacher. Because every day after practice, he would wrap a towel around his waist and ask my teammates, do you know Jesus? I thought that was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> and um, one day he asked me that question. And several years later, that led to me actually coming to faith in a dorm room, my fifth year in the NFL and training camp in Anderson, Indiana. And my life has never been the same. Played five years with the Colts, signed as a free agent with the Carolina Panthers. And I said, I will never live in the southeast of the United States of America. I will never, by the way, never tell God what you will never do. And so we came here. I hurt my knee in the third game. So I had to rehab my knee and read the Bible. That's pretty much what I did. But in the midst of that, I actually went to a middle school and I was given a motivational talk to the students. And at the halftime game of the 1998 Carolina Panthers versus the San Francisco 49ers here in Charlotte, they showed a clip of me talking to the kids. And at the end of it, the whole stadium stood up and began to applaud. It was literally the loudest ovation that I had ever gotten in professional football. And I wasn't in the game playing. And so that was kind of like a future indication of what God had in store for me. And so eventually my wife and I started a church called Transformation Church right outside of Indianland, South Carolina. We are an intentionally multi-ethnic church, socioeconomically diverse church. We love Jesus. We love people. Uh, we started a grocery store. We've made uh, over close to 200,000 backpack meals for kids in our community. We work with the police department. God's doing some amazing things. And I tell people all the time, it was easier to tackle Barry Sanders than it is the pastor church, but I'm grateful. <laughs> hey, Pastor, I'm going to jump in here. I know Greg still has some more questions, but one of your answers kind of took me off course. Uh, and I wanted to expand upon that. And truthfully, I think it could be an, a completely another podcast that we could talk about. Uh, but I coached in Texas. I spent time in the Army in San Antonio and up at Fort Hood. So I'm very familiar with Converse Judson, uh, the Rockets, by the way, and, and Coach Rutledge, uh, who I've read a lot of books on. So um, and, and, you know, his classroom that he put players through. And yes, and I'm, I'm very curious at just how the classroom, because I've read a lot of books about that, how that just in itself changed your life and probably changed a lot of players lives. Yes, man. You, Hey, brother, you speak in my language now. And so one of the things that we did at Judson, and when I transferred there as a sophomore, um, you know, I hear about this incredible program. And the next thing I find is we're in a classroom and we're reading uh, leadership quotes from John Maxwell, Zig Ziglar. And we're getting indoctrinated with all of this leadership stuff before we touch the field. We spent a week learning leadership. Coach Rutledge is like he he is a dad to me. I talked to him at least once a month. And what made us great was not simply 
we had great players, which we did, but there was a deeper core. Like he really understood that coaching is ministry, that the goal of coaching is if you make great football players, that's awesome. But the goal is to make great men and young women who now play great people for society. And that, that has never, ever left me. So my senior year, uh, we played in a state championship against a school called Dallas Carter. Now, we won because they had an ineligible player, but on the field, it wasn't even close. From my senior year, 10 of the 11 starters on defense played Division One, and three of us played in the NFL, and Dallas Carter still blew us out. But the thing is, what made us who we were that made our talent exponential – was the classroom time that went into boot camp. What we did at Judson for boot camp was amazing. And then here's another thing, too, is when we were at football practice and you were not in a drill, we all had to cheer and applaud whoever was in the drill. There was none of this selfishness stuff. Like, there was none of this, I'm trying to get my scholarship. Coach Rulledge didn't even give us our letters from colleges until the end of the season, but they were taking care of us. And in, and in, and in today's world, it's like, and I say this humbly and I say say this from experience, oftentimes kids and parents play high school football to get a scholarship instead of how do I make this school better? And the byproduct is if I'm talented, I get a scholarship. So it's one that I'm transactional. I'll do this for that versus transformational. I'm going to give it my best because I want this school to be the best that it can be. But Coach Rutledge really formed me into the man and leader that I am today. Wow. I mean, there are so many gems in that response. But uh, definitely kind of wanted to to switch uh, gears here. You know, you make it a point to reference that your church is multicultural and multi-ethnic, you know, even through your published book, you know, focused on that that topic. Could you kind of talk about that book and even talking about how tough it is to lead a church in that way, specifically a multicultural church in such a politically charged world? Yeah. You know, uh, I really appreciate that question. And so I'm a person who didn't grow up in church. I learned my leadership from Hall of Fame coaches in high school and college. And so the thing that surprised me when I was a Christian is people didn't understand that the church is like Jesus's team. Right. And pastors are like the coaches and the staffs are the assistant coaches and the congregation are the players and the coaches are player coaches as well. And so I couldn't understand why people didn't understand that, well, God has given us a vision. Jesus not only died for people's sins, but he created a family with different colored skins. That when we get to the new heavens, new earth, there's not a white section, a black section, a Latino section, an Asian section. No, it's going to be a multi-ethnic community. So what we're going to do in eternity in the new heavens and new earth, we need to do in the present now. So for my wife and I, it was so weird to us that we would read the Bible and then we had to choose between 
white church or black church. And we were like, wait a minute, wait, wait, no, no. As we read the Bible, we see Jews and Gentiles and their lives have been transformed by Jesus. And as they love each other, more people want to be a part of that. And so when we started Transformation Church in 2010, we led with a vision that this isn't Derwin's idea. This isn't President Obama's idea. This isn't Donald Trump's idea, President Trump's idea. This is Jesus's idea. And we cannot let politics divide what Jesus bled and died to unite. And so as a pastor, I have to teach our people how to critically and lovingly think and that it's very reasonable for Christians to disagree upon political issues. My question is, what do we agree upon and what are we doing about it? So if pro-life in the womb is your thing, then we here at Transformation Church have ministries where we are ministering to people so that they can have their kids. If your issue is immigrants at the border, we have partnerships with with people. Whatever it is, we don't believe Democrats nor Republicans have the corner of the market on what Jesus wants to do. We believe the Bible informs us of that. And, And so is it challenging? Yes. Is it difficult? Yes. But when the stakes are so high, of course it's difficult. Like we're dealing with some serious things that requires this. It requires, number one, an incredible amount of love for human beings. Listen, as long as you have breath in your lungs, there's a chance that we can get along. There's a chance that God's grace can change both of us. As long as we're willing to listen to each other. And so what I would say is, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but we spend too much time on Facebook instead of the good book. Amen. We allow news. And, and listen, I've worked with the media. I'm for the media, particularly local media. But media that's partisan based is no longer media. It's propaganda. And people have to learn how to think. And if you're a follower of Christ, and I know not everybody listening is, but for those who are, we have to think more Christianly, which means how do I how am I reasonable? How am I loving? How am I compassionate? And so back to the initial question is when someone wants to meet with me and they ask, well, why do you talk about race so much in your messages? And I'll say, well. Because the Bible does. And so being willing to sit down with people and be unoffendable is so important. So as a pastor, what I believe as Team Jesus, if we don't give the example of how to love each other in this chaos, there's no hope for clarity in the confusion. Wow. Excellent response there, uh, Pastor. Um, Thank you for that. I mean, I feel like I'm sitting here on Sunday watching one of your live streams. So I appreciate you being on here with us. Uh, Just incredible stuff. I kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, Your son, he gave up football after working so hard uh, to to really form a career and to do so well and and quit it even after uh, receiving a scholarship to Wake Forest. Uh, So from a father's perspective, can you talk or elaborate on just how that was for you, how hard it was for you to see him give it up and and how you supported him through that? Yeah, yeah. You you, you know, so uh, so my son, um, Jeremiah, has always kind of marched to 